0: Welcome to All Souls. In this community of common commitment, I believe we're a little unlike a lot of other places in that we we believe that you don't have to believe alike in order to worship together and have a meaningful experience. Uh, to be respectful of a spiritual community, and here we welcome the questions as much as we do the answers. Whoever you are, whatever your identity, ability, age, race, origin, orientation, or history, you're welcome here with us. We found that diversity of belief and opinion can actually deepen the experience of community and does not inhibit our ability to walk and work together in reverence, commitment, and compassion. To this end, we endeavor to treat respectfully those with differing opinions and paths. This is our challenge. This is our covenant. And it's our responsibility to encourage one another to live into that covenant. Visitors and newcomers, guests are welcome at all of our events. Most of them are listed in your orders of service. I think all of them. Uh, There may be new things that haven't made it there yet. But, um... With contact information, if you want to know more about something, call the people listed and ask they're ready to answer your questions. We're also happy to answer your questions about this congregation or about Unitarian Universalism in general. And um, there are people back at the guest table in the foyer for that purpose after the service. Or you can... Fill out a blue card and let us know if you would like to receive our newsletter um, or a phone call from somebody or make an appointment. Um, And those are in the pews in front of you, and you can put those in the offering basket when it comes around a little later in the service. Also, once a month we have a newcomer information session. Um, I don't see, there you are. Ron, when is that? Next Sunday is our Newcomer Information Session. It'll be following the worship service down the hall in the room with the couches. Okay, Clay, did you want to make an announcement? This is our board president, Clay Walker.
1: Good morning, everyone, and thank you. Um, As you know, About five weeks ago, we started our capital fund drive to deal with the erosion problem that we have, and we had a goal of $30,000. We closed it down last week, and with 64 pledging units, we have a church that are 64 families that give, and we raised $58,265. That's huge. so we 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 obviously are going to be able to take care of of this we took the medium level bid um, for this job and weather permitting it will start monday and so we'll be able to see that progress um, and we'll update you as we need to Uh, the remaining money we're going to put in a reserve fund and um try to be very careful with that because as you know in the past we've had issues with ac units and and trees that threaten the playground and all sorts of things and so we're going to put it in a reserve fund and be very careful with it and um very transparent about it we'll let you know where that reserve is how much it is and what we intend to do with it so it'll it'll help us in the future and and As a board, we can't thank you enough for your generosity. It's really an amazing fund drive for 64 units in five weeks to raise nearly $60,000. So, thank you.
0: Thank you, Clay, and thank all of you. Um, Today, following the worship service, the nominating committee is supposed to meet, and Until they meet, you still have time to get your nominees in for the two board positions that um, will be voted on at the congregational meeting uh, in June. Is that in June? Have we set the congregational meeting? This week at the board meeting, we will set the date for the congregational meeting. But the nomination, that's when we vote on new officers. And so the uh, nominating committee meets today, and they need your input. So please, uh, Ron Thurston, would you stand? Uh, Claudia, are you, you're on that, right? Would you stand? Who else is on the nominating committee? Jonathan. Jonathan's wife is not sitting in for him today. He's actually in here. Uh, that's Jonathan in the blue shirt, uh, the blue striped shirt shirt. Uh, Uh, I don't see Carol Graywing. Isn't she on that committee as well? Okay. Uh, I wanted to say that under the guidance and tutelage of uh, Betty Parent and Patrick Early, the grounds work day yesterday accomplished quite (laughs) amazing feats with the fence and a number of other things. Outlets and uh, what else? Gutters and... And trees, yes. There were young people that did more than an adult's share of work, and adults that did more than livestock's share of work. <laughs> but I want to thank all of them and remind you that the second Saturday of each month is a building and grounds work day, and if we want to stay on this property, we have to be responsible for it, and five or ten people can't do all that work. It's a, it's a full church responsibility, this building and this ground. So please put that on your calendar and plan to be here the second week of next month. Um, Amanda, we have, we have somewhat of a scrumptious announcement, I think.
2: Good morning. I'm Amanda Lawrence, chili champion, as you all know. But before I get into my chili spiel, I want to say just one brief thing about building and grounds. For a long time, I didn't come to building and grounds work days because I didn't think I knew how to do anything. Um, and also, frankly, I'll be honest, I work hard all week, um, but I started coming, and I, I kind of love it. Um, it's, it's hard work, but a different kind of hard work, and it ends up being a whole lot of fun. So in addition to the fact that it's our responsibility to take care of this place, I'd encourage you to give it a shot just because I think you'll find that you really enjoy it. And then you can really justify all the calorie splurges you want for the rest of the weekend because Saturday morning you've really sort of sweated and, uh, and worked. Anyway, the reason I'm here is to talk about next week's chili cook-off. Everybody aware that it's only a week away? And I'll tell you, I've been hearing a lot of rumors. I've been even smelling a few test batches. The battle for second place is really heating up. So, you know, there's no I'm not saying it's it's sewn up. There's a lot of there's a lot of quality chilies out there vying for second place and, and second place could be your chili. So, you know, think about that this week and um and you know, really really bring your best work. If you're not a chili fan, there may be other non-chili fans, so it's also a general potluck. You know, maybe a vegetable might be good for some of you. Um <clears throat> that's the same Sunday as the information session. So, you can grab your chilies, you can vote for the winning chili. Um, and then you can go to the information session. If there are any questions, feel free to check with me or anybody else on the Food, Folks, and Fun committee. There are also signs in the hall, and we will look forward to seeing you then. Thanks.
0: The Highland Bliton, While we're on the subject of
2: food...
3: So Amanda covered the food for us. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about an opportunity to provide um, a meal, some sustenance, and some um, fellowship for people outside of our community. The Church of the Highlands, at, which is located at the Highland Center, which is a cooperative Baptist church. They have split from the Southern Baptist Convention and joined the Cooperative Baptist Church, which is actually... Harking back to the Baptist, the original Baptist tradition of the priesthood of the believer, without such a central, controlling um, thing as the Southern Baptist Convention has become, and they're very much in sympathy with a lot of a lot of our values. They, for instance, do um, uh, same-sex weddings. They um, they they have a lot of the same um, values that we do. And one thing they are doing there in that Highland neighborhood is trying to serve. The neighborhood. They've got all kinds of projects going. And a wonderful thing that they are starting up, they started actually this past week, I believe, with the first meal. They are offering a meal the first Thursday of every month in the evening. They're going to start it with 50 people, and it's just first come, first serve. They aren't doing a means test. They are just offering food for whoever can come. And the idea is to get uh, several churches in partnership on this and said so that it would not even be a once a month obligation. It would be a once maybe every, every couple of months or every three or four months. I have bravely and faithfully signed us up for May the 3rd because I know that we can do this. Um, we need ideally at least eight people from our church if it turns out that some churches can't field eight people they will they'll partner the smaller churches together because there are some that have said right out we can do two or three i have confidence i have seen how you guys do with the christmas toys i know that when you have a chance to help somebody you're going to suit up and show up so there are about eight people four of those would be servers Four of those would um, would actually be table hosts that would sit at the round tables and eat the meal and talk with the people. There will be social workers on site and people from various agencies. If there are issues that they have, you're not by any means expected to handle those. In fact, you're urged not to, but you can call on those. You can refer them to people that will be there to help out. Um, and it's just a nice way to kind of provide a comfortable place, a safe place to land for a while. There will be a worship service that different churches will be responsible for. We might do that um, one Thursday. That will, um, that will not be mandatory for the people that come. If they want to eat and leave, they can do that, but there will be a worship service offered. I will have um, a sign-up and some more information for you by next week. Meanwhile, watch your emails. Talk to me today if you're interested. Thank you.
0: They also offer music. We might want to think about that. Um, and I wanted to mention the Sustainable Garden Volunteer Training Program. Um, this is to help people figure out sustainable vegetable gardening uh, from and how to, to work in those community gardens um, to generate healthy food in what might be food deserts um, in our city. Uh, it's through Annie Grace Peterson and I have information about that if you're interested it's may the 20, uh it's five tuesday evenings so if you want to know about that let uh ask me about it and I also wanted to let you know that the first unitarian church of little rock is having a retreat and a river float and a camping outing i think at the buffalo river memorial day weekend and if people would like, they're inviting people from other churches to participate in that. And if you want more information about that, I'll be glad to give you that too. Okay. Today's service is an intergenerational service that celebrates um, the close of our children and youth's people's, uh, young people's course of study in peace, social justice, and the interdependent web of existence. Their next block of study will be uh, personal spiritual growth and development. But today, uh, they'll remain with us for the whole service and be providing us with food for thought. So now, if you'll take a few deep breaths, turn off your phones or silence. And let us... Prepare ourselves with a spirit of worship.
3: Ours is no caravan of despair, for in the words of Margaret Kuype, as surely as we belong to the universe, we belong together. We join here to transcend the isolated self, to reconnect, to know ourselves, to be at home. Here on earth. Under the stars, linked with each other. Our religious education classes have just completed their pillar on peace, social justice, and the interdependent web. And the younger classes, the pre K and K one, and the second through fifth graders, have focused on our place in the web from a number of angles. Mason, will you come and show us the poster? They originally did this web as a game in the classroom where we've done it here in the sanctuary before. I don't even remember where we've tossed the the yarn back and forth. And then um, they represented the plants and the animals and the soil and um, all of the things that are so interconnected. And the concepts that they looked at throughout the pillar are our interconnectedness and the fact that because of it, All of our actions, however small, have consequences, which was another concept, and our consequences can be far beyond our knowing, whether for good or for ill. They've looked at our connections to each other as human beings and our need to explore the ways in which we are different but the same. They've celebrated nature and our responsibility to nature and our privilege and responsibility to enjoy the beauty that is ours to enjoy and to protect. As we invite our second through fifth graders up to teach us the chalice lighting, and Mason, you can go ahead and put the put the poster back. We invite you into the spirit of worship. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Cat video. I I, I, I had forgotten to watch it this morning. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm over it. But cats are wonderful. I know that not everybody in this congregation (laughs) agrees with me, as John Allen shakes his head. But they do share a place in the web, and I want to tell you a story about a time when cats were real heroes, and very brave ones at that. Maybe reluctantly so, but anyway. As we spoke about before, all living things, including people, are connected in this kind of interdependent web that we make with the trees and the animals and all life. And the story today is about a web that involved people and mosquitoes and flies and wasps and caterpillars and geckos and rats and, yes, cats. It's a true story happened far away in a place called Borneo. Once upon a time, a team of scientists came to visit a village in Borneo. And they saw that there were many flies and mosquitoes. And they thought, well, this isn't healthy. This isn't good for these people. And so they decided to use a powerful spray to kill these pests. The spray was called DDT. You may have heard of it. They sprayed the grass huts where the people lived and they sprayed the area all around the huts and then they went home. They had done their good, their good deed. And now the people will not be plagued with all these bugs. Isn't that great? But after a little while, something strange started happening in the village. What do you think started happening? I think these guys might know. What happened? They all had these thatched roof huts, and the roofs started to fall in. Just one by one, they were caving in everywhere you looked. People's houses were coming down on their heads, right on top of the people who lived there. And at the same time, all the cats were dying. Don't smile, John. At the same time, all the cats were dying. Now, you may know what a cats eat, Rats and mice, that's right. So with all the cats dead, what did they have more and more and more of? Rats and mice, that's right. Rats were everywhere. Rats were eating people's food. So now they had no roof and no food. And now the people were really afraid they would get sick because they knew that rats carried dangerous germs and they could get sick or even die. So they called back the scientists. They said, come back, help us. They investigated, they studied, they thought and they thought and they thought, why did the roofs fall in and why did the cats die and why did the rats take over? And can you guess why all those things happened? What, 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 Zoe? Yes, the DDT, which had killed the bugs, had also killed the wasps, first of all. And you're right, eventually it did kill the cats by kind of a progress. Yeah, Andrew. Because the rats, of No, what? rats ate
0: the bugs. hmm
3: That's very good. <laughs> so basically, it had killed the wasp. The wa- we forgot about the caterpillars, because remember, there are caterpillars in this. The wasps used to eat the caterpillars that lived in the grass roofs. With the wasps gone, guess what the caterpillars did? They ate and ate and ate. And so then what happened? They ate so much grass. That the roofs fell in and remember those flies and mosquitoes that they went in to kill in the first place right you guys remember what who ate them the geckos the lizards the geckos ate them they the geckos actually lived in the huts and had been helpfully eating all these bugs inside the houses, which is why they hadn't bothered a lot of the people so much as they bothered the scientists. But the geckos ate and ate, and soon they had a whole lot of DDT in them, and they got sick and died. But before they died, guess who ate them? And the cats. When the cats ate either the geckos, because cats do like lizards, I've seen it happen, or they ate the rats, the cats died and the rats moved in and took over. So how do you think they solved this problem? Yes, Gretchen. They stopped using the DDT. That's one, that is one thing. And what else, Mason? They got more cats. And do you remember how they got more cats? I'll give you a hint. What, Andrew? They parachuted the cats in. <laughs> True story. It really happened. They parachuted hundreds of cats into this village to help restore the balance. The cats started eating the rats. The DDT was gone and that, the whole bunch of them that had been sick. Unfortunately, they, they were all gone. But they were able to kind of start over with parachuting cats to the rescue and rebuild the little ecosystem in their village. So again, heroic cats. Think of that next time you watch a cat video. (laughs) I'd like for Sarah Boswell to come up. She was one of the teachers, along with Jennifer Lamart, who had to be out of town this weekend, but Jennifer taught for the first time, and I think you guys have had a pretty good time. We
4: We touched on the first principle, every person is important and valuable, when we read a story featuring the land of in-between, a story about two boys from warring communities who became friends. It was only safe for them to meet in a mountain cave, which they called the Land of In-Between. For two weeks, we had some good discussions about the way people are different and yet the same. We talked about the ways we are different from each other and the ways that we are alike. And we talked about how we've become friends with people who are different from us in certain ways. And we talked about blended families, and we talked about non-traditional families. And we especially talked about how it's nice to have All Souls Church as a safe place to meet, like the land of in-between in the story, where all types of people can come together to feel comfortable getting to know each other.
3: In gratitude for this place of sanctuary, a holy place where we stand on common ground, and a safe place for exploring our differences, we will now accept the gifts that
0: sustain its life and work. And as today is Josh's last day with us, we are taking full advantage and doing all of the songs that he has done with the choir. (laughs) Because we don't know when we'll get to do them again that way. There is a living web, a living web that runs through us to all of the universe, linking us each with each and through all life onto the stars, each knows a little corner of the world and lives as if this were his all. We no more see the farther reaches of the threads than we see of the future. Yet they're there. Touch but one thread, no matter which. The thoughtful eye may trace the trace it to distant lands its firm continuing strand yet lose its filaments as they reach out but then find at last it coming back to him from whom it led we move as in a fog aware of self but only dimly conscious of the rest. As they are close to us in sight and feeling, we're conscious of them. New objects loom up from time to time and fade in and fade out. Then sometimes, as we look on unawares, the fog lifts, And then there's the web and its shimmering beauty reaching past all the horizons. We catch our breath, stretch out our eager hands, and then in comes the fog again. And we go on, feeling a little foolish, doubting what we've seen, But the hands were right. The web is real. Our folly is that we forget so soon. See if we can't imagine those strands that actually stretch from us with every little bit of energy that we put out to affect everything around us. Just like waves of energy.
1: Reduce means to use less of things that are limited. For example, turn off the water while you're brushing your teeth. Reuse means to reuse things that can be used again. Use, use a bottle with filter... Use a bottle again, with filtered water or fresh water. We made bag savers so we can re- recycle grocery bags. We use, use bags for picking up dog poop as waste ba- and as waste basket liners.
3: And a celebration of the interdependent web would not be complete, of course, without celebration. We have a responsibility to protect nature, yes, but we also have a responsibility to enjoy it, to enjoy the beauty that is ours to appreciate and to take care of. So with that in mind, we have poets from the second through fifth grade class, Andrew Lawrence, Gretchen Upton, and Eleonora Lawrence, to read you the poems that they wrote in class.
2: Eagle, graceful bird, flying, soaring, nesting. They are graceful animals.
4: Bird. Insects, alive, crawler, crawling, eating, reproducing, crunchy, squishy bug. <laughs> Chickens, feathery, not bright, running,
1: pecking, balking, awesome, weird, not smart, animal.
3: The truth, of course, is that every day is interdependence day. Everything we do as a religious community affirms our place in the web. We try to be conscientious in our use of resources. Yes, you may have noticed for most occasions we opt to wash the dishes instead of using paper plates and plastic cutlery. We've installed programmable thermostats, and we're even learning how to work them. We can still do better at being responsible stewards of our surroundings and the building and grounds people who were able to come out this Saturday. I appreciate so much. I was, I was not able to come, but, but I try to do that too when I can. Um, but our place in the web goes beyond that. We make covenants in our faith. We've done it since the earliest days of our congregations on this continent, and in doing so in making those sacred agreements with each other, in our unison affirmation that we said earlier, that's a covenant. In making these sacred promises, these promises we will keep, we affirm again and again that our faith is rooted in relationship, those infinite connections that we cannot deny. One other thing this wonderful second through fifth grade class did, this pillar, was to make personal webs using either words or pictures. Put yourself at the center of the page, even though understanding you are not the center of the universe. But for this particular exercise, put yourself at the center of the page and draw the lines out from you with everything and everyone that connects to you. You have to start really small because you're going to find right away there are a lot of them. Um, Look at just the people in your household, Everyone and everything that connects to them, uh, the, the grocery store, the people in the store, the trucks that brought the food to the store and the people who drive them, the farmers that grew the food, your teachers, your boss, and ultimately all of the people that connect to them. It's infinite, and it's all connected. We are all connected to each and every one of them. Try it. Even if you just try thinking about it, our first principle The inherent worth and dignity of every person and our seventh respect for the interdependent web are the ones that give the weight and the meaning to all of the rest. If we truly value each and every person and we acknowledge our connection to all life then, of course, we have to see people treated justly. And, of course, we would function democratically, as Clay was saying earlier, keeping everything transparent. And, of course, we would affirm each person's right to a free and responsible search for truth and that we would see world community as as a goal. To that end, we have no choice but to follow the strands where they lead us, outside these walls and into the wider community, into the rest of the state, into the rest of the nation, into the world, to do as the children have taught us and make this world a better place for all. Happy Interdependence Day.